0: Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out, with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, world-class fiddler.
1: Dang it! (laughs)
0: Ah, there there we go,
1: that's what's up.
0: That's exactly what I meant to do. Dang it. So <laughs>
2: uh,
0: so you will notice up in the upper right hand corner, you should see something that says like uploaded two of whatever chunks. Oh, yeah. Three. Okay.
2: three. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So so right now, your end is recording and uploading your recorded end. So, uh, so okay. technically, it should sound better because you will have a local recording on your end directly from your microphone, not impacted by Zoom. Which, ah. which is which is good and bad, and I will tell you I mean, why. Yeah. Because Zoom actually does a lot to make the sound sound somewhat decent. Um, this software does none of that. So It's just raw. It's just recording. raw audio.
1: So um, just the unfiltered dulcet tones of my lovely voice, and any background noise or echo you happen to have it in the room. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I usually. Uh, my behind the scenes is I, because like I live in the apartment, right? Usually I have the gain and the volume pretty far down on my microphone. And then I just like sit pretty close to it so that it cuts down. It usually oh. cuts down on a lot of the background noise. Sure. Cause it's, it's not being like hypersensitive, right? Cause this sucker, if you like really crank it up, I'm sure you could probably hear susan in the next room right but like if <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes and so uh yeah i'm more worried about like me who kind of travels in like <laughs> i am in He's a always cuck. in a random place like who knows
1: where calling <laughs> is it's just... my
0: the cheese office right now i mean i'm talking oh, yeah i'm at least talking into like a little bit of like wood um but then
1: around me is nothing but concrete blocks so you should probably create a little screen out of cardboard macaroni boxes that you I can should sort of put <laughs> I should just walk across the
0: street and ask them and say please sir may I have That's a box true. yeah and they'll say no thank you go away uh, so yes I I do have plans to make um uh the office more recording friendly I will say that because uh I am finding myself doing a lot more recording here um mm-hmm. i mean i i have i already i have a a permanent uh, not permanent but a, an attached uh, boom arm for a microphone <laughs> so because I kept forgetting it I was have to like rest the microphone on top of a box like
1: i can't do this <laughs> yeah. That's good planning, because also that's not like an easy transportable thing, like a giant boom arm stuck in somewhere. Like, right,
0: yeah. So, anyway, I I'm trying to do that to make this more recording friendly, because it would be nice to have to worry about it. Um, but then I also hate having the idea of like having two sets of things <laughs> of like oh, yeah. like here is where I so anyway trying to not go too crazy.
1: Well, I mean, even if it's just like a, uh, you get like uh, some little thing to like hang a blanket on the wall. Right? The, yeah,
0: like, this that would really be. help me if I could just hang yeah. some like a tapestry behind. So I need to go tapestry shopping. Is what I need yes, to go do tapestries. <laughs> <laughs> this is a castle. You have tapestries. Yes, brother? yes,
3: yes. yes. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh <clears throat> oh,
0: it's okay that's good yeah <laughs> so yeah i think that would be uh good there are just simple things that i could do to make this more more recording friendly i am glad that um dad helped me source a uh a, a desk and it has the flat desk but it also has piece that sits on top of it that has some cabinets kind of up by your head oh yeah 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 and and it actually has a sound a sound deadening board right in front of it so i hey. try and get as close to the desk <laughs> close to the I desk know. as possible so i can kind of talk into that little cavern so it doesn't have too much uh behind me um but yeah so that's uh that's, uh, that's a
1: that's the recording update everybody you're welcome right. uh, so that but before you go i in oh. my voice you can hear me okay yeah, you sound great. Okay. You sound great. You, you're coming through like weird. Like all of a sudden it started making this weird, like, I don't really know how to describe this noise, but
3: it's like. Uh oh. Is it like a buzzing noise or is yeah, it warbly when, talking, warbly? when you're talking, it like. It buzzes. Yeah, it like crackles. Oh no. Uh oh. So I don't okay. know if that is. I don't hear that.
1: Okay, well, that might just be it coming through to me. So we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> okay.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Uh it's be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so this this recording feature, uh we you can have a live chat in here, which is what Zoom offers. It also has you should be able to edit notes, I think, like in real time. Um so like if we if we did have uh if we, you know, when we put together the script for the show, we could just live uh, uh, yeah. edit. Yeah, definitely. Know which is super important for us
1: obviously obviously cuz we definitely <laughs> script everything have to uh,
0: turn page um <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah so that's uh that's all that um gosh i can't even remember what did we uh, what when did what what is time what is time i don't even know <laughs> it's ridiculous i can't
2: <laughs> did I-
0: did I tell you that I, I, okay. I think, I don't know if I got this point. Did I tell you how many miles I put on the, the rental car? Did I, did I just, did I tell you this? I many? didn't
1: get a final tally. Okay. You gave me, you gave us a number before you turned it in, but I don't think we received a final, a final tally. Oh, of this, okay. Of this rental carage.
0: Oh, well, so I don't, I know that whenever I got this car, it had thirty four thousand miles on it okay thirty four thousand and plus or minus a
1: couple days yeah
0: okay when I turned it in it had over forty thousand miles
1: on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh
0: <laughs> and here's the thing the reason- and here's why that caught me off guard because every time I could know nowhere, and I'm a fiddler, right? You know, I fiddler. oh oh, <laughs> okay? we know. I'm, I'm a, i know. I've, I've, I'm aware world class fiddler here, and I I could not for the life of me tr- find a consistent trip calculator. And you may be wondering, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. There was no place that had a static, not static, but like you could go to a screen and you could see how many miles you had driven because it would reset every time you a shut off the car or B
1: refill the gas. Uh, so that were, seems not helpful at all. So
0: every time it was just like every time it would just disappear. And so the trip was when you turn when you started and stopped the car. Basically that was a trip and it would be like, okay, I'm reset. Which makes no sense to me at all. I yeah, me neither.
1: That is
0: because I guess. I, but then again, I don't
1: know how many people use trip A and trip B on their cars. Um, I mean, I never do. But <laughs> so, my trip is like my general. Generally, I'm not going very far at all. So I'm sure.
2: <laughs>
1: what I do is I like
0: when I when we go on a big trip, I always use trip. B to log total miles for trip. And trip A is reset every time you get you fill up with gas, so you can keep log that way and you can calculate your miles per gallon. Um and so I I just have that running total of using both of those simultaneously. Um and otherwise if I'm not on a big trip, I don't really use trip B unless I'm trying to log certain things. So like right now I'm in Springfield, and I'm logging my total mileage for my entire time here in Springfield. I want to know that uh, so that I can keep track of it easier than just watching the big odometer roll around. And yeah, fair. Right. It's just just easier. So you just couldn't do that in the Corolla. So whenever I finally looked at the the end number, I was like, dear goodness. (laughs) Because then I looked at my original paperwork, and I was like, 6,000 miles in a month. Um, that's, (laughs) that's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. So, but then I was like, but it's a hundred and not, not to be creepy here, but it's a hundred and, uh, 27 miles, um, from Springfield to, uh, to home. And if you do that, well, that'll do it
1: right there. That's kind of right.
0: (laughs) If I'm doing (laughs) that, like in the morning and then I come back at night and I have to go back down to the next morning, like, and I'm coming up on the weekends all of a sudden, and then I'm driving, maybe 80 miles in a day doing visits all of a sudden it's uh it's not so uh you know yeah a lot (laughs) not a whole it it adds up real fast so i'm sure and i'm pretty sure that most most rental cars get shuffled off the motor motor coil uh mortal coil i said i said yeah motor motor coil which actually makes sense because it says anyway um well yeah it's a motor. Like around 40,000 miles. So <laughs> I turned it in just in time for them to <laughs> shuttle it out. And and remember, listeners, uh, never buy cars that <laughs> were from a rental company. Because when I got this, it said change the oil. And I kept calling them every couple days saying, no, really, it says change the oil. And they said, that's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> for the entire month and a couple in a week that I had it. They said, no. Now the valves are melted. It's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> It definitely <laughs> the engine didn't did not sound healthy whenever I returned it, but they wouldn't it, like. Was it clicking uh, really loudly? Not, like? re, not real loudly, but it was definitely oh getting to that point. But it was um, there. It was there. It was definitely audible. In, when you <laughs> but again, like the, I was taking pictures and texting them and through in through emails and being like, "Hey, what do you want me to do?" Because and they were just like, "It's fine. Just keep driving it. No, don't worry about changing it out. Just keep driving it." okay (laughs) whatever
3: you say (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that's uh that's rough that's no good (laughs) so i don't recommend don't recommend those um
0: yeah that's uh that's drive time so now i've got the honda back i'm trying to not drive as much on it because we are trying to sell it um yeah eventually eventually yeah, never. Oh, it's so I like bad. to
1: imagine. Oh, I like yeah. to ima- uh, listeners this week on Colin drives every car for sale in his county. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he- it's
3: so bad. Ah!
1: I I I like to imagine what's happening is the people at the dealership that he keeps going to, they just have this big big dossier folder on him that has like all of his likes and comments and dislikes, and they're just they're looking. They're going to just nail him with something he just can't say no to. What <laughs> They're just going to get him. Like, I know. big. They're just going to hook him good. Blam. And he's not going to be able to escape. And he's it's... he's not going to be able to say no. And he's just going to be caught. Oh, He'll be my caught gosh. forever. Like, you can...
0: <laughs> I'm serious. I, went. I just wanted to drive the forerunner And then... <laughs> and then they were like, and then I noticed like they were mentioning about other used cars,
1: and they just like they said GX, and I was like, oh, like yeah, they just were casually casually mentioning other used cars near you, the person that comes all the time, it's all the to time, look at used used cars, car. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, they know. So I did, I did drive the GX, and uh, and then and then they were like, oh, but this one they said, oh, <laughs> here's exactly. Here's exactly what he said. Not kidding, not even kidding. He just paused and went, Oh, this one's got more miles on it that you probably want. And he kept talking. And I was like, No, no, no. Tell me tell me, tell me more. What is it? And he said, Oh, it's a it's an LX uh 570. And I went, I'm driving that right
2: now.
1: <laughs> you see. So when they find a lower mileage one, they'll be like, Hey, guess oh, what I'll, we got?
0: I mean, low Man. mileage, I mean, it had, it, this one had, like, so it was a 2013, so it's older. Yeah. But I bought the Honda, like, let's remember, I bought the Honda when it was 10 years old. So, like, I don't, yeah, <laughs> not really, and he said more miles on it, it had 120,000 miles on it. And for that engine and the LX, I was like, it's not even sweating at this point. Like, what are you talking That's about? That's true. <laughs> like, considering how every used one, they're like, 349,000
1: miles. <laughs> like, okay. so That's a good point.
0: I'm not even worried about that. But I... Uh, so I did drive. I did drive and I... Oh, man. It really, really ruined me. It's bad. I've never driven one of those before. I've always wanted to, which is one no, of the reasons I wanted to. Goodness. I've always wanted one of these things. So I was like, I'm here. Let's just do this. There's no way I'm actually buying this because A, it's... It's not as large as a Suburban, but it's pretty close to the size of like the early 90s Suburban, See, so it's They're pretty big. They're pretty right big, me. but they're not as massive as some of the more modern full-size SUVs. And it's actually considered a, a mid-size still or like mid-size to full Is like, it? <laughs> Yeah. Um Ugh. I think, Weird. It's, yeah, it's it, because it's not, it's not as big as a suburban because I can still like a modern suburban, yeah, but
1: I, I cannot bigger than a suburban. That thing exactly. is <laughs> exactly, it's always been enormous. Like, Hey, what's the most enormous thing we can have ever? Oh yes.
2: This is this. this yes. That's
1: That's I,
0: what I, mean. I, um, I'd actually never driven a Lexus anything. And so, uh, and both of the, everything that I was driving was used and like, 2015 2014 this was a 2013 uh, I, I was like just this shouldn't come as a surprise shocked at the at the at the how quiet everything was like just utter silence from this massive like up uh, under the hood is a v8 and it, you couldn't hear a single thing <laughs> just nothing there was no sound. And yeah. And yet, That's you're kind of what they're known for is being sneaky, like, sneaky, quiet, very quiet, it's quiet. And, and especially the GX, it's based off, it's the, it's the uh, Land Rover Prada uh, overseas. And so it's the smaller yeah. body size, but it's based on the four. It's got shares so a lot with the Forerunner, but the inside of, inside of the Forerunner has a lot more space. Because the walls are not as thick (laughs) in the the GX, it has a very small interior compared to the body size. Because they're like, no, no, everything quiet,
1: lots of padding, no noise, (laughs) lots of weight, lots of bad gas mileage, lots of of giant engine. Yes, right. That's that's what you want when gas in Missouri is like four dollars, yeah, four forty a
2: gallon. Yes, perfect
1: yes exactly
0: see this is what i'm thinking so <laughs> i was just like okay whatever like very nice to drive very nice um like and then i was like no i can't do this so so tomorrow i'm gonna go drive an fj cruiser um oh, because Lord.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's here For the
1: seventh time right I've, like, never, it was what? I've never i've never actually driven an fj cruiser um you've been lusting after one for this long and you've never driven one? Exactly, because I hate talking to
0: car salesmen.
1: <laughs> well, you couldn't you, listeners, I think he's over that. I don't know. No.
0: I try I'm I'm look, I <laughs> I'm not there to be their friend and I know like they're trying to be buddy buddy and have a conversation and they they may be trying yeah, to help they're salesmen. salesmen. Yes. That's a sales
1: technique yes, you're I calling know. for.
0: Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm I clam up. It's like I'm talking to a police officer FBI agent. There's like there's it's yes or no as as far as I can get. And if I have to go on and explain stuff, we'll do that. I hate the like, what do you do question? Cause you know they're trying to judge, like based on what this person responds with, do I think what do I think about their stature and like credit and like all this stuff yeah. for this car? Can, I,
1: can they afford this? <laughs> and can I? That's why I can't talk to them because they say, "Well, what do you do, like, teacher?" Anyway, uh, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they're just like, oh, "Okay, I'm going to go help this other customer who actually has money." money. <laughs> Loser! Like, there's <laughs> no. a no.
0: I, I just <laughs> and they're trying to go like, okay, well, how? because like, I know what they're going to start doing is going, okay how much wiggle room do I think this person has to get the extras and the add-ons and the little things and like all this oh, yeah. to start building your profile. Um, so that's why I keep them guessing of like one day I'm in there to see a Toyota Corolla and the next day it's a LX five seventy, And then the next day it's a, you know, the Tesla. And then the next day it's a <laughs> it's
2: Mazda, it's Mazda Miata. Great, right.
0: Like, must keep them going like
1: i've always wondered can i actually fit in one of these so i'm just here to (laughs) test it out today i
0: mean if we're being perfectly honest most of the things that i'm test driving are like well i've always wanted to and it's sitting over there right now which is what the lx570 was there's no way i could purchase this because yeah the gas mileage is abysmal as i was driving it i'm looking it down i'm accelerating and it was like eight
3: (laughs) eight (laughs) And i was
0: like that yeah
1: (laughs) no thank you (laughs) and just like there is there is uh, there is no circumstance under which like even even in 2015 eight miles to the gallon should be acceptable no (laughs) right that is a 1968 number okay yes like that is not that is not okay okay like what are you doing I, exactly. with your life? That, <laughs> right? Why? How it makes you it failed as an industry that if in 2015 you are you can get eight wild miles to the gallon? It's exactly this
0: is this is this is what I'm watching and I'm going like there's no like and then I, and then it's just all the practicality stuff of just like yeah this is big and what do I spend a lot of my time doing city driving what do I need to not be driving in city. Mo something <laughs> thing like if i was just yeah. if all i did was do highway miles and go across fjords and climb mountains maybe obviously like i would i would need to do this um maybe it, you know, but as it stands of like okay sure i have i have 2 hours in the hu- of a highway drive it but then i I'm, I'm bobbing and weaving in and out of traffic going into apartment complexes <laughs> like winding streets I don't need that,
3: <laughs> but with that said, setup... yeah, that's the that's the humorous part about this,
1: like because Lexus is like they're they're not selling that car in Japan <gasps> oh, no! because it literally can't fit anywhere. anywhere. Like, what are you gonna do? Drive that on some little tiny Japanese street? No, get out! Like, yes, talk about talk about knowing your market. Like, <laughs> loser Americans need this big giant car. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's where they
0: quote unquote have room. So <laughs> I, I, Wait, now,
1: have you seen a road in the Midwest? You have room. I have room. Right, now, with,
0: <laughs> now with that said, did I absolutely love driving it? Yes. <laughs> I loved nah. I loved I loved every second of this. <laughs> and this is probably mostly because the guy who was doing the test drive has a. I while I don't like driving. With the car salesman in the car, I do appreciate it whenever they have like a course to go on to showcase different features of the car. Um, and this has only happened one other time, and this time we got in, and the guy said, We're gonna go on this play this way, and I just to show you kind of how it feels in different settings. And I was like, Oh, well, that's really nice okay let's do this was it like a field <laughs> and like a ditch <laughs> it, like unfortunately it was not showing its off-road prowess but <laughs> oh,
2: but it did dang it.
1: i was I hoping it was like all right we're gonna go because springfield is like this right we're gonna go down here here and then there's a field all right turn into the, the field, field. Let's go.
0: no but we did go off some like very curvy windy hilly roads uh which Which was good because I'm used to driving larger vehicles, larger trucks, Suburbans that have what? They have immense body roll and you feel like you're about to tip over. Uh, Oh, yeah. Right. It adds part of the
1: excitement. Makes it lively. Hold on really tight.
0: (laughs) At no point was there any of that uh, at all. Like zero. So that was pretty neat. And it actually didn't feel as big. Um, when you were on the roads, it only felt big when you started getting close to other cars. <laughs> you were like, "Oh yeah,
1: that's yeah. right. This thing, is,
0: this thing is actually huge." <laughs> it's
1: like, okay, now we're gonna drive around the square. Oh dang! Oh it. no! no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> back up! Get, get away fast!
0: Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> can't,
1: can't do it. No. So,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, so tomorrow, so tomorrow,
1: <laughs> I've lined up oh, my day. My okay, goodness. so we're gonna oh. drive. <laughs> Don't hate me, listeners. <laughs> listeners, we need an intervention. He it's has a problem. <laughs> Megan we has to do something.
0: Megan has, in fact, told me uh, basically like we have one more week
1: to pick something out, or she's going to do it. So uh, the FJ Cruiser is going to be. <laughs> I want to know what Megan. I part of me really wants Megan to just pick something, and I want to know what it is <gasps> like real bad. Like it's going to be like she's going to be like that one. Okay, bye. What, like, <laughs> how many doors does it have? Sweet, let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah so like, tomorrows i want to
0: know t- t- i don't tomorrow's gonna to be the fj cruiser uh and then i'm gonna go and test drive um more sensible something that actually would probably work for us as a highlander toyota highlander uh it's more mm. sedan-y you know whatever. and then <laughs> on that lot <laughs> they also <laughs> 93 honda civic hatchback no no, <laughs> no close they have a 2001 the Del Sol. Little, they have a 2001, two one. 2001 Land Cruiser that I am, in fact, oh <laughs> that does have 258,000 miles on
1: it. It's the dream come true, folks. This is it. This is what he's been waiting for the whole time. It's been building up to this. So I'm. <laughs> this is peak right here. This That's, is the. I've been I, climbing the proverbial mountain. This is the summit. This is, in fact, <laughs> what
0: all of this has been building to is the culmination. It'll be the last car I drive. And will <laughs> just roll home <laughs> in a twenty almost twenty-two-year-old vehicle. <laughs> Say, honey, I found it. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> she will kill you. That's just but I'm
0: there for the Highlander, and so I might as well, you know, it's there. It's in the really ugly like Land Cruiser like gold thing that they also that Oh they, ew gross no. no It's really disgusting. It's a really gross no. color.
2: Well, that's bad.
1: <laughs> but it's there. Sometimes I I know, but like sometimes I think about I like look at car companies and I'm going like why why would you pick that color? Who's buying this? I know. Because you only see them on the lot, you never see anybody driving them. No. Oh. So they're like until like two years later. And you know it was because it was still on the lot and nobody bought it. And they're like, all right, we're marking this sucker down. Uh-huh. Gotta get this thing out of here. <laughs> and you know, with a gold land cruiser. And like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Whoa." laughs> yes. I know,
0: gross. It's so garish and disgusting. Okay, so <laughs> I know it's very bad. It's very bad, and gross. Uh, at least, at least but it doesn't have the. At least it does. It's not the gold with the um chrome that the LX version has, <laughs> where oh. it's gold and chrome around like. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> it's like that's no good. No, it's not good. So <laughs> nobody likes that. This doesn't have that at least, but I uh, I again, it's one of those things. It's there. So we're gonna just, see, you know. Walk on over, say hi, and I think it's gonna be fine. <laughs> so, got my list, got my names of people I got to talk to. That's the other thing is that everybody's moved to these automated text messages of like confirming your time, talk to Jen. And you're like, okay, so you walk in and they say, hi, can we help you? And you're like looking at your phone. You're like, uh, the robot said I needed to talk to Jen, <laughs> and nobody has any idea what you're talking about. And they're like, just come over here. And I realize oh, that was just a fake name to get you in the door so that you could just go talk to somebody because that person doesn't exist.
1: Mm. Yeah, robots lie. That's what they do. Um, Everybody knows. Yeah.
0: Everybody
2: knows.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. <that's>,
0: uh,
3: <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Oh, dear. So we'll see what happens to that. Well, all right. Good luck.
1: Stay tuned, listeners. The saga continues. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be the Land Cruiser, <laughs> and oh, I mean, it's been building to that for over ten years. Oh, now. It, like it has. That's so good. Like just, this. it's been ten years, listeners, of me getting like out of the blue just pictures of Land Cruisers <laughs> in a text message, like eleven thirty at night, seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. You know, 1 30 in the afternoon doesn't matter, no. just be like, and it, a lot of times it, it's th- listeners, it's just the picture. <laughs> that's it, they're so pretty. It'll just send it'll just like send a screenshot of like an auto trader listing, no context, no comment. Sometimes it'll be like this one, and that's it. <laughs> like, that's all I say. Like, <laughs> I haven't heard from him in like three days, and then I just get a text of a car that says. This, this one, is it. This like, is it. what,
2: what? Is this that? is it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I need you to know, listeners, what I've been dealing with for so long. <laughs> so
0: long. It's so bad. So, yeah, it's uh,
2: because <clears throat> ah, they're just
0: so pretty. So, anyway, <laughs> enough about
2: the, <laughs> that. That. Oh. But they're so
0: look. Oh, here's another one. Okay. Anyway, so
2: right. I'll say
0: this. Uh, yeah <laughs> next <laughs> oh man Ah, enough about minor neuroses right. let's uh how's your um, yeah. oh yeah how's your um i don't know if you want to jump right to this or not but uh how is i need to touch back on your uh uh old english literature book
1: ah i've only read a little bit of the introduction because I still have um, one, two, three, four, five books I'm in the middle of <laughs> not finishing. So um, I sort of set a task my, for myself to whittle this number down. Uh, oh, that's not counting the book. I have it on my desk at work. But that's a book for work. So like, I'm not counting that. Um,
2: <laughs> sure. So I
1: have, I have several that I
3: need to get through. But like, this book, I'm um, like one book I'm on the last chapter, this other book I'm almost done with.
1: Uh, so there's three books I have that I'm almost finished with, um, and so then maybe we'll see where we get to, but okay. um, that's what, <laughs> so we haven't progressed very far, just a little bit in the introduction, some casual perusing of other uh, old English literature things online, uh, and sort of seeing what other things I could get to accompany it eventually. But that's just where we're at right now. So not too much progress currently. I warned you. This happens sometimes. It's I okay. What okay. it happens when you have attention problems and love reading. So you kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of like, I don't want to read this book right now. Mm. But so now I have options, right? Like I. I, I don't think this is helping my attention problems, mm-hmm. but we're dealing. So
3: this is what we do. Uh, yeah. Cause I, sometimes when I read only one book, I like fall into this thing where like, I, maybe I kind of lose interest for a while and then like, I just stop reading altogether cause I
1: don't want to finish the book that I have started. Mm. But like, I have this thing where I like need to finish it. Like I'm not going to not finish the book. Sure it just sometimes takes a long time. So I'll just kind of set it down and pick up something else. (laughs) So I have, excuse me. So I have like multiple books. So it becomes a exercise of which one am I going to read today? Like Mm. that's what I'll read. Like one day I'll read some of one. And it does really help that a lot of them are sort of nonfiction. Mm. So like, the way that most nonfiction books are structured, you can just read like a section and that's fine. Right. It's kind of
3: like contained all together, like blap, you read that part, it's okay. Done. Um only one of them is well, I guess two technically are fiction books. So like mm. that's not too bad.
1: And one of them is a murder mystery, so like it, you read it really fast. So I'm, I've am basically just been reading that, and so it's almost done. Huh. So yeah, I have some stuck-in random. And then I have my just ongoing Tolkien pile over here. I'm just sort of reading through. Every once in a while, I'll read a different section of this or that or whatever. Like, that's what... <laughs> very nice. <laughs> you know how it is. It's very... You know that we're not even counting that pile because that's just an <laughs> ongoing, sure, ongoing. Re, uh, it's almost like a research assignment, right? Like I've just, I'm just <laughs> at least you're, are you taking any notes on them or not? <laughs> uh, I probably should be, but uh, no. Like <laughs> you feel like that sometimes when you're doing it. You're like, oh man, what is it? Especially when you're reading some like these really deep cuts, like the Book of Lost Tales Part Two. Some oh. Very, ultra nerdy stuff there. So like that's what you don't really need notes for that because it's very odd and it's like got Christopher Tolkien's commentary in it. Oh my gosh, he's writing. It's like (laughs) Yeah. So like the Book of Lost Tales is the basically a collection of the original draft for the Silmarillion stories Mm -hmm. that Christopher found in various folders and desk drawers and notebooks and stuff. Cause Tolkien very famously would just write on anything yeah. and shove it somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so a lot of his commentaries are like, uh, this is, you know, blah, 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 but cannot be precisely dated to when it was actually written. Uh, you know, all this stuff, like based on the handwriting, it might be here, but who knows? Like, <laughs> mm like we've talked about before, he's writing, he's very like, I feel like his writing process was very chaotic at some times, right? Like, he would just be like, just must write now, rah! and just like, he would just write on stuff, right? So he had like little notebooks that he would kind of keep, but also, they're interspersed with just like, Random sheets of paper that are just like jammed in there because he wrote something down one time and was like,
0: "I need this
2: plan." <laughs> <bam>, like,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, which one are you, which one are you reading through now? Or you have you have you know you're parsing through? It was the uh, the law, the secrets. What was that?
1: Oh, okay. So I it's called the Book of Lost Tales. Okay, it's part of the I am slowly amassing the history of Middle Earth collection Uh, okay it's like an anthology in 12 books of which i have just a couple um i see and it's a lot of like early draft material for stuff so like the book of lost tales is like the it's kind of like the earliest collection of things that would later become the silmarillion okay right and so it's kind of like the very 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 early (laughs) early draft it kind of is like um Tolkien's early idea for Middle Earth in general was that it was going to be, like, a mythology for modern England. Hmm. So it would actually be connected to the modern day. Sure. Right? So, like, this history of Middle Earth would actually be the history of English stuff. Oh, he's going to connect it all the way through. Yeah, so Hmm. in this version... Basically what's happening is there's a guy who has traveled to this island and he's hearing these stories about the elves in Middle Earth times of the during the what would later be the Silmarillion, right? Mm. The legends of the first age of Middle Earth. He's hearing this from these people in this like tavern on this island somewhere, right? Oh, that's cool. And then he's. And then he's going to bring those stories back to England. So this is kind of like the that was his thought process. Like, how do these connect? How do I connect it's, this to modern day? Yeah, it's like, that's what he wanted to do originally. Was like make it like a mythology for the English people. Sure, you know, for and for the English language, right? Like modern English language. Make it be like a mythological origin of English. Right. That's what he was doing with his like weird language like elvish and dwarvish language obsession right of doing all this stuff
0: (laughs) but again getting back to he he firmly believed and wrote as if all this stuff just existed and he was kind of uncovering it which very much fits into that mindset of like i'm sitting you know like yeah we're discovering these stories we're hearing them and as he's as he's putting that together yeah. yeah
1: And like that you can tell that because in his responses to things like in interviews and letters and stuff that he would write and people would ask him about like, well, what about this in middle earth? And he would just straight up be like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that would would be his answer. He would go, I have no idea. Like, what about this character? What did they do? And during this time, and he'd be like, I don't know. Like he would just say that. And so that kind of fits into that motif of like him. He kind of, it's almost like he's a figure of like, un- like you said, uncovering this legendarium of like, oh, yes, I'm translating this from Elvish to, you know, that's like what it's. <laughs> 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 like, he's Bilbo, right? Translating this to the thing. Okay. So, he would just often say things like, yeah, I don't know. Or sometimes in the book, it'll be like, but of this, no tale tells, Right. Because that's, yeah, that's his answer like I have no idea uh, I haven't thought about this yet so we'll just do it <laughs> to do? and that's what that's what the history of Middle Earth there the yeah this this series this history of Middle Earth like volumes collection it's basically like it kind of works through all the drafts like <laughs> old draft material so this is like the earliest version hmm. and then the next book in the series is like you know it'll be just focused on like certain early versions of like parts of a story. Right. And then there's some later that I don't have, but they're like the early version of like the Lord of the Rings part. Okay. Right. And it's just kind of like early draft material. So I have that, that I'm reading through. That's a very slow read. Cause it's very, it's, it's so dismal. <gasps> oh my gosh. It's <laughs> so rough.
0: Now this, this actually gets uh, to a very interesting aspect in that Tolkien had his son around to piece together his writings.
3: And something that is currently very um, uh, hot topic right now is the generation of content using AI. Uh, I'm
0: not sure how... And one of the things that they're doing right now is... um, I've been following two things. One is called Dolly 2, where you can just give a text prompt for what you want a picture to be, and it will make it for you anything at all. Oh, right. yeah, I've okay. seen an article. About yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun to play with. Um, there's another one. So uh, I forget uh, what it's called, but it's run through Discord. Does the exact same thing. Uh, mm. One kind of hitting the big podcasting world right now is AI was trained on all of Joe Rogan's podcasts and AI oh, was trained. Oh, oh boy. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> AI was trained on all of Steve Jobs' interviews and written commentary. And then the AI generated an interview of what would happen if uh, Steve Jobs was interviewed on Joe Rogan's podcast.
1: Oh my. And it's an entire... How, how, how many times was DMT? Made? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Probably too many times. We're going to search for that.
2: <laughs>
3: 417.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, And, you know, obviously, you can tell that Uh, it's interesting because Steve jobs doesn't have as much material out there as Joe Rogan to be trained on. So his is actually much smoother uh, than Steve jobs, but it's content that didn't formally exist, but now is what, how would you feel if instead of Tolkien's son piecing together these stories and putting together uh, AI was trained on the writings and then told to develop a story in the likeness of this.
1: Well, I think that's different than what Christopher did, right? Because Christopher just took all... So, like, when when Christopher published The Silmarillion, right? Because that was published posthumously from Tolkien. Basically, he dug through this apparent mountain of paperwork and just picked the best versions of everything to try to make a
3: cohesive thing, right? And he later wrote about like, yeah, I made,
1: made the wrong choice here. And I, you know, now that I've unfound this other stuff, I'm not so confident in including this bit, right? But it's like, you know, he was just kind of
3: going with what he had. So, but it's not necessarily generating new things. It's just collating a lot of existing material into a cohesive thing. Right. So <clears throat> I feel like that's different than like the generation of new material. But on the other hand, like, I don't, you know, there
1: is like this weird thing in your brain. that's like, well, if AI does it, it's weird. Uh-huh. But
3: like, if a uh, another author does it, like it's fine, right? Like, because basically that's what you know happens in other like book universes. You know, like the
1: old like Star Wars expanded universe. Like, random people would just write a Star Wars story that just
3: fit into the overall world of Star Wars. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So like, uh, I don't really have a problem
1: with that Mm -hmm. like that's a common thing but like I don't know I think there's some hang up on like if AI did the same thing like it's just kind of weird you know I don't know I don't really know how I feel about that because like the the humanist part of my brain goes well what are you missing then if it's just like generated
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right like are you missing something if you just get generated lines of you know, from somewhere because like when you read something
3: and kind of, I think this is what people get upset about with the art thing too. Like art is supposed to express something, right? It's, it's not like done just for, I mean, it can be done just for fun, but like art is supposed to
1: represent something. There's so usually some sort of message or theme or emotion or something in there. Hmm. Right. And so I feel like a lot of people, probably myself included, have a hard time like trying to understand
3: like, well, how did this like computer generate emotion? Right. Right. Now, (coughs) the opposite part of this would be like, well, The argument of like, well, it doesn't necessarily,
1: the argument I've made myself numerous times about like, well, the author's intentions don't necessarily matter. It's the viewer slash reader's intentions that are the most important because that's what you take away from it. So in that vein, I guess it doesn't necessarily matter who creates the art because it's my responsibility as an art viewer Hmm to find meaning or take away something from it. Right. And if I don't find it in an AI painting, that's fine because I also don't find it in many like (laughs) human paintings. Right. Right. (laughs) Some human paintings. I just like, this painting kind of sucks. I don't really know why people like this. Right. But then other ones I'm like, yeah, I just really like this. And it's, you know, for no, not even like there's all subjective reasons. Right. Some of them are just objectively better. You know, like a Vermeer or a Rembrandt. Like, it's just objectively better than a lot of other stuff sure. out there.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It, it just is.
1: Uh, it can make you kind of think about stuff or ponder something or
3: you know, just have a feeling. And where other pieces of art like I just don't connect with it at all. And it's not even because of the painter. It's just because I don't like the art right mm-hmm. <laughs> but on the other other hand a lot of times with art or literature right what you're connecting
1: with is the author right so like if you think of terms of like poetry
3: right when you read an Emily Dickinson poem right you're not just a fan of
1: the poem. You also become kind of a fan of Emily. You
3: know what I mean? And so you have a person to connect with. You have something else to connect with. When you read a Hemingway, right, you become sort of aware
1: of how what a crazy person Hemingway was, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> you're just kind of weird. And all these things. And you do the same thing with Emily Dickinson, right? I like her poetry a lot. I find her poetry very fascinating. Um, And part of the reason
3: I find her poetry fascinating is because I think she is just super interesting, right? Like, I don't know. I just think she's a really interesting person. And so, but you discover that through the poetry. You see the poetry first,
1: and then you find the person when you dig deeper. Like, When you read Tolkien, you read the work
3: first, but then you discover who Tolkien is, right? You get this sense of him. (coughs) But with an AI, there's nothing to get a sense of, Mm. right? You're not connecting with anything because there's nothing there to connect with. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just generating from (coughs) a numerical table. So you might find like a
1: false sense of that maybe on some level but there's no like author to connect with. Sure. There's no artist on the other end.
3: Putting feeling or emotion into the thing, it's a data table. So I feel like I feel like while AI can make art, I don't think that it's as connectable hmm. as like other things because you're also connecting with the person i think the person is important right
1: and even even if the person is like controversial or bad
3: right like there's a lot of authors you know like you're like i don't like them as a person like they're jerks they're terrible I like the work right like I
1: I find it interesting you get that but you have a feeling you have an opinion about them there is somebody there to have an opinion about right you can feel about them right
3: (laughs) I don't like Oscar Wilde he's annoying his writing hurts me (laughs) but like him as a person he's he's a crazy character right he's interesting don't want to read anything he wrote because I don't like his style
1: but like I still have an emotion about him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I have I have a strong emotion about Oscar Wilde. Well, and... Not necessarily a positive one, <laughs> but I have an emotion. Well, and that's <laughs> Right? I just... I don't care about curtains, Oscar yeah. Wilde. Well, I don't care. And what gets really... Again, some of his shorter stuff in poetry is actually pretty good. Mm. I just don't like a picture of Dorian Gray. That's really my <laughs> big hang-up here. But... Well, and what... What gets
0: me is you can actually, like right now, like you can go in, this is just painting wise, but you can say, um, such and such a painting, you know, like cat and dog walking down the beach in the style of, and you can insert an artist and it will write it and, or sorry, it'll paint it like that person painted it. And there's lots of things that go into that of like, well, isn't that just like, you know how did they know what that style was well obviously it sucked up all that information from all the photos of all their art and just regenerated something using that style um you know you could there are these ones that are getting to that point where you can go you know write a story in the style of insert author and i guess part of that is going is that their authentic voice um You know, how is it generated? What is it pulling from? Because if you exclude some material, you know, exclude some Oscar Wilde material, you know, that might generate and say, no, kind of like, no, this is the subset of information I want you to look at. That's what we are going to use to define what it means to be Oscar Wilde. Well, someone else may come along and go, well, you didn't include these four books. Why didn't you You know? And so you can get different flavors and takes on the same stuff based off. It's all based off of what you feed it. Right. Especially when you start asking for in the style
3: of. Ah, yeah. Now, here's the other thing that I think is, that brings up a good point. Because now the the system is locked into doing a thing. And it's going to only do, like, if you say, give me the style of, you know, whoever,
1: like, it's only going to be searching from that, and it can only reproduce that, right? Whereas somebody like Tolkien or like an artist for an artist example, we'll take, uh, Picasso,
3: right. Notorious for doing all kinds of different, different styles, styles. Yeah. Right. And different things. So, <clears throat> or like, you know, um,
1: Hemingway would be another good one for an author, right? Like if you read farewell to arms, But then you read uh, The Old Man and the Sea. (laughs) There are some differences. A little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? We're dealing with some different emotions. I mean, still the same because he wasn't like, you know, just the happiest guy all the time. But like, there is growth and authors and artists and singers and painters grow and change and evolve over time. Right? And I think that like, Back to Tolkien, like, that's what this giant pile of books I have on my table really shows you, that he was just always changing his mind about something, mm. right? He was changing his mind. He was moving stuff. This is why the Simrelian never got published, because he'd be like, actually, hold on, wait. And then he would, like, go and fix something, right? And in his work, people talk about plot holes, like, well, maybe, but it's mostly just because he didn't get around to fixing it. Yet, right. It right? wasn't he'd done. He'd probably yeah. been like, oh, yeah, I got I got to get to that. And it was on the list. And then he just never got around to it because he was so like, I'm going to do this and I got to fix that. And I'm going to blah, 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 Ooh, I got this new idea. What if this makes it better? Right. Always constantly evolving, changing, doing stuff. If you just feed a set parameter into a thing, it can only give you a set parameter out. Right. Right. Yep. That's just how it works. You can't, I mean, With current technology, obviously, you know, who knows? Like, that's a whole other conversation for later on, the, you know, if it was aware of itself, (laughs) right? Who knows? (laughs) But right now, right now it means set criteria in, set criteria out. Exactly. I mean, you probably can open up the parameters and there's probably some where you can just be like, free reign, do whatever, like whatever. But like, if you're going to give me the style of
3: a Van Gogh. And then you just spit me out of Van Gogh. Well, like, you know, that's not helpful. But
1: again, that's a guy who had lots of different sketches and then like the post impressionistic thing, the evolving, changing through that, like all that stuff, right? Like you can't, you know. When you think of a person like Van Gogh, you have a very specific image that comes to mind, mm-hmm. right? Post impressionist starry night, right? These the the cafe
3: and night, whatever. But, like, that's not all he did, right? There are other things that he did before he got there, right? Like, that's not, <clears throat> that's not, you know, that's not the only thing he's known for, right? Or you take somebody like a Jackson Pollock, who his art is, like, memed a lot, because you're like, bro, it's just, like, splatters on a canvas. Like, yeah, but... Pollock painting isn't necessarily about the res- end result. It's about the making of the painting. Mm. That's the that's the important part for him. It wasn't really
1: what it looked like when it was finished. It was the while it was happening. It's very in the moment, like spontaneous kind of plan, right? So the act of painting was the important part, not the
3: end result necessarily.
1: You know what I mean? So like there's all these other different ways to express in
3: medium and like you're
1: trying to express something. You're trying to think about something. And if you're just generating, you're not expressing
3: anything. Mm. Right. Like even if you tell the AI, like if you just be like sad, right, (gasps) it's just going to look through a list of criteria. And give you like the cliff notes version, like dark colors, rain, a crow, maybe like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, (laughs) yeah,
1: you know, like, so I feel like, you know, you're not getting the emotion part. You're not under, so like the computer wasn't upset or sad when it painted it. Because it doesn't have a feeling.
0: Yeah. Again, what was it you fed know. to
1: that's going to train? It's all about training about. <laughs> yeah. And so how, how can I connect with that emotionally if I'm sad, right? It, it, it. I think you lose something if you're like, I know that like the artist was feeling this way when he painted it so I can understand the emotion. I can connect with that, right? if i
3: know like the computer was told the word sad well then does the painting lose some of the emotional Mm. tie i think it does a little bit i think it does yeah i think so too because
0: again like you said you're you're connecting with something and while I don't think you have to always know the backstory behind what's in front of you, I think it definitely adds um, in uh, depth and enjoyment to it when you 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 can see what what was created at different points in people's lives and go, man, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> like let's see, like, you know, man um you know writing um henry david thoreau and you know walden's pond like that is definitely out oh, of, yeah. like a very specific time in a moment relating to a way of thinking uh it, that he was going through that would never have been written previously or 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 before the, or, or after that um it, it it adds a lot more where you go okay i understand fully why this is important and what this is trying to tell me given xyz that were going on which is which is kind of like when you look at it's it's you know you take a historical approach to looking at um you know as a literary device of going okay like let's look at the context of the where and how and why this was written that's going to tell us a lot about the structure the formation the beginning middle and end of this versus just reading it and going okay well cool those are some words on a page decent story Cool. that's awesome um
3: it's adding it's adding more to it oh yeah so i think um you know the best example of that
1: that comes to my mind immediately <clears throat> is like the lost generation writers from in between the world mm. wars
2: right? yeah
1: that stuff is crazy like Hemingway Fitzgerald E. e. Cummings uh, Ford Maddox Ford right like Gertrude Stein Virginia Woolf all these people like yeah. I guess Tolkien technically technically they were too right like this this time where all this writing took place it I I am completely fascinated by these people like so much it's my favorite literary stuff to read mm. like one of my, one of them right It's so interesting Um, because of the historical context and the personal stories of these people and like just how how the world was changing after the First World War. Just like there was so much much just like despair and uncertainty Uh and all this stuff. And then, you know, the Depression and just just all this this time and place in history this snapshot of this time is just, it's so interesting. And the writing that these people were doing because of the time and place that they were,
3: it, I just, I just find it really interesting. Right. I just, I just, it's so interesting to read that stuff,
1: the poetry and the stories that came from these people experiencing these emotions. And this just lost feeling of like, what do I do? Right. Especially like Hemingway. Right. Like, I'm in the war, I'm doing the stuff and then the war is over and oh my goodness that was horrible right that like that slow realizational shift from the first world war of like
3: oh yeah the war will be over by christmas and 4 years later like nope uh, <laughs> just the uh, just the complete loss of faith in like all the old systems and like how
1: could the world become better because I have seen things Mm -hmm. that are absolutely the worst things of all time. And how do I deal with
3: that? Right. Like that environment created so Mm -hmm. much stuff.
1: Right. And I, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. And so like that,
3: you how do you duplicate that mm.
1: right like that's a very emotional connection like for me like i just <clears throat> because there's so much to connect like the history and the sociology and the the art and these people's personal stories like all this
3: stuff just is in this big ball in this time and it's just so interesting and i like so i like when you take
1: all that into account about what these people were doing, like all artists, not just like writers but painters and stuff as well, like dealing with all this stuff, like how they expressed themselves and how they dealt with this trauma, uh like mm. that's crazy, you know? Like I I can't I can't imagine AI giving you something that's that timeless and that interesting. <laughs> right? Right, cuz you can't exactly say Having experienced the the awfuls of World of
0: World War One, uh, now write uh, a, a uh, reflection on uh, the more idealized or the the role that decadence plays in people reconnecting with their like, yeah. You, yeah, like no that's just not like, going yeah. yeah right
1: <laughs> yeah you're gonna miss you're gonna miss some stuff sure right? right and there's just there's I would also be remiss if I did not mention uh a slightly earlier time period, if we would go back, you know, about a hundred years before that, uh, if you want to talk about emotional expression in art, uh, your boy, Francisco Goya, right? <laughs> so, so, uh, mm-hmm. those paintings are also oof, just, oof. I am, like, yeah, but like the circumstances in which they were mm-hmm. created, listeners. If you're not familiar with Goya, basically during the what was
3: it the Spanish Civil War, <laughs> yep.
1: right? He was going deaf, or right, and he was just supremely depressed and dealing with a lot of emotion, and he painted a series of paintings on the walls of Oops. his house called the black paintings i think there's 14 of them yeah um they're called the black paintings because a lot of them are uh, black um in color and emotional content this is some there is some heavy stuff in what he painted yeah and it comes from a place of just like it must it just awful. Well, yeah, he would right? just he, depression. And he was like, disillusioned. He he
0: was he was he was seeing the realities. Anger. Yeah. He was and, all alone. He was at the kind of it was towards the later end of his life, completely isolated from everything else. It the reason because he was battling depression and and faced with the realities of the society that he was in and going like th- this is not good anymore. Uh the politically, socially, this is. You know, basically, he was he was at the point of abandoning Spain because he no longer believed in it, uh, and and was now painting these. And yeah, it's yeah, you talk about some interest, and he was fascinating too because he was right there at the transition period, if I remember correctly, of like he was kind of like still old style, but also bringing in a lot that would be built off of for later artists. So he. He was he was oh, Yeah.
1: He, He's a hugely important artist outside yes, of Yes, yeah,
0: but <laughs> but just the black paintings that in and of themselves, right. um, if you think about that, uh yeah, they're, you're right, they were um four fourteen or so. But yeah, they're just they are yeah. not yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, he was he was also going deaf uh due to an unknown illness. Uh-huh. So he was dealing with the disillusionment of the fall of the Spanish government after the Napoleonic Wars uh and the Spanish Civil War. And he was, like, just hating the situation in Spain. And he was depressed because he was going deaf and he'd been sick.
3: And so the stuff that he painted is just, like, whoa. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? Like, whoa. <laughs> so when you look at the painting of, like, uh, the dog, right? The El Perro painting. In that context, <laughs> you just are kind of hit with this wave of, like, oh. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I, yeah, I understand. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, that one is like, yeah, that, so that's, yeah, like you can't, I don't think you can talk about an AI painting like that. Like you can't
1: have these emotional connections with people and this sort of like background understanding. And like, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna search up this information on like every artist that you encounter. But you, you know, generally what, like, what happens with me is I will encounter something. And then if it is really interesting, then I want to know about the background. I want to know about where this came from. I want to know this, like, the history behind it. And then the
3: fact that it was painted by a person means there's something there to find. You know? So. Mm. Mm. Yeah. okay <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah.
0: laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll have this, continue to have this discussion as more and more things come out and get produced and such. Because um, I think it'll be uh, interesting to see how all that develops. That's true.
1: And we can do more art history later
3: do,
0: too, do. right?
1: I want to hear some more art history, listeners. I do love some. Let's uh, do
2: that.
0: Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, we have in closing, uh, do you, do you want to dive into, uh, the question that we posed at the end of last time?
1: Um, uh, do you want to do it now or do you want to save it for next time? What do you,
0: want uh, to we can save it for, let's save it for next time. Uh, we're coming up on, on okay. an hour now, uh, and everything. So I think, I think wow. we'll save it. Let me add that to our notes.
1: Um, uh, uh all right, went off on a long tirade about it's going.
0: Out. Sorry, guys.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: next
0: time, teaser, teaser. Next time, next time, we will. We'll start off next time. I'm going to add it to the top
1: of the notes right now. I don't even know. Whatever. We're going to start off with whatever. Car <laughs> we, we need a car update. No, we're not. No, we're not. I'm... So, listeners, part forty-seven <laughs> of Colin's Car Quest never ends. Uh, <laughs> never ends. No, no, no. I promise we won't start with that. We'll just dive
0: in. We'll jump in. We're going to answer. All right, we'll finish. We'll finish with the car We'll put yeah, the car. Yeah, see, yeah, so that people could do now, uh, <laughs> mix it up so they can stop. Didn't the that expect so that. Now they're now, now they So yeah, we'll uh, we'll start with which holidays have the best candy options, and we're going to rank the holidays holidays for their candy.
1: Uh, which yes, some- well, I was thinking about this. I feel like the best thing to do would be to just go through the holidays, yes. talk about the candies that are available yes. in each one that we like or don't like and then at the end we'll rank them give them a like rank them yes right? that's fine that's good I, Susan was yelling at me the other day about what my ranking should be so we're gonna have, to <laughs> <laughs> have many thoughts on this right and again this is because it is official candy season because Reese's pumpkins are out so we so know so we've... that's how you know candy uh-huh. starts so my again my my My, uh, thoughts on when this time period is, this candy holiday season is basically holidays from now until Easter. Okay. Because that's when the candy stops. Right. So basically what? Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Easter. Yeah. Right. Because Thanksgiving doesn't have (gasps) So. No, it doesn't. doesn't. Right. Uh. Okay, we, we will does Hanukkah have candy do I need to research Hanukkah candy the thing I should do well but spend some time I don't know. What, that's what uh, homework uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't I've never had any so uh, any listeners who can help us out with that tell us your favorite <laughs> holiday candies as
0: well uh, so
2: we'll uh, get on that <clears throat>
1: there you go that's what we'll do do
0: next time we'll dive right into that all right. Okay, how do I stop this? Okay, oh, I'm going to say, okay, yeah. So, uh, all that sounds... That uh, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Bye. Me too.
2: <laughs> Bye. <laughs>